and welcome to another episode of A Ghost in the Magazine. I'm Jay. I'm Mel. I'm Sadie. And I'm Al. <laughs> and this is the final week of 31 Days of Horror. Probably our strongest, but also our weakest, I think. We have had some... We've had some bad ones this week. <laughs> I'm but still so pissed now that I'm awake. I'll say, I just finished... <laughs> I just finished editing week one and three films, mm-hmm. an hour of footage. So we're going to need to condense that. <laughs> well, you know, these, a lot of these are like classics, you know, yeah. there's not yeah. much to say, you know, in terms of tearing it apart, you can, you can make some generalized statements on some of these. So not as much discovery for me this week yeah. as some of the other weeks i had seen a lot of these so so do we want to go down through the list first i'll, I'll tell you what i'll save mine for the end mm-hmm. because we're gonna go in that order but you guys like going from worst to best what is your film list this week mm-hmm. worst to best well worst is gonna be the farm oh my god <laughs> yep uh, yes it is yeah that was, that was that the was... worst movie i have ever seen <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I... if i hadn't seen some of those movies last week <laughs> then uh this See? definitely would be the worst film i've seen in a while so i farm... would rather watch mother's day twice than watch the farm again yeah like yeah, were... i hated the movie <laughs> We were just roasting it in the chat last night. It was trash. It was so awful. It was just like so try hard to be like some pretentious allegory, and it's like Mm -hmm. just so horrible. And like I thought maybe it would get better, but once we got to like the insemination scene, I was like, I can't fucking do this. Like, what is going on? It aimed for unnerving. It landed on boring. It landed on boring and just shock value garbage. <laughs> so the farm, the worst for all of us. Second yes. one up. Deadly fucking blessing. I guess a deadly blessing, yeah. Blessing. Yeah, it was actually worse than Frankenstein. So yeah, deadly blessing for me too. I'm uh, going to be contrarian uh, here and say uh, the Babadook. Oh. <laughs> I yeah. really so dislike you don't like Babadook. queer icons, Jay? <laughs> Listen, maybe it's because I watched it in America, and for whatever reason, every five minutes, y'all have adverts for either, like, uh, I don't know, First Insurance, where it's the girl from Glee <laughs> coming on, going to, that's not going to fit. And there's no transition. It just goes straight into it. So I'm like, she may as well be in the fucking Babadook at this stage. <laughs> Yes, welcome to capitalism at its height, hon. Yeah. I love being an adult. It's not toys anymore. It's like, hey, I'm on that antidepressant. They have commercials. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> and then there was there was a stool softener commercial in the middle of it with a dance sequence. And I'm like, this is the this is what the Babadook is. Yeah, well, you know. Every, I, you know Babadook had some interesting sound effects though that could have been scary with a little bit less edward scissor hand scenes you know and something actually scary you know i actually thought the screeching was kind of scary you know if she yeah, had pulled yeah. back those blankets and seen something actually scary 
then that might have made me feel differently. But Deadly Blessing was slow, a little boring. And you know what? Um, I'm not like super big on ultra conservative Christian cults, but even I was like, wow, (laughs) let them do what they're doing out there, I guess. You know, they went way out the country for a reason. So it just felt long. It felt so yes. It was. was. There was a lot happening. Wrap this up in less time. So many characters and so much happening and not a lot happening at the same time. (laughs) And I'm still confused now that I'm done with the movie. (laughs) Raise your hand if you guessed who did it in the very beginning and was right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Number five. And there's a Weird girl. Oh, it's the weird girl. <laughs> it's always the, the weird girl. girl. Number five for me is Deadly Blessing because the Babadook was just boring to me. What is your number five? Mine's mm-hmm. Jeepers Creepers, but I have a strong hatred for Justin Long. We will talk about that. We'll talk <laughs> about that in time. No. Number five for me would be The Curse of Frankenstein, but that's probably just because like, I'm just over... Frankenstein, I'm over it. <laughs> you know, I, I think like it's gonna be, except for the setting and the aesthetic of Frankenstein, which I was like, ooh, ooh, I would buy that robe on Etsy like today. So you yeah, know, <laughs> that part I really enjoyed of like watching it again. But yeah, it was kind of boring for that reason. And mm. if you live in the modern day and age, you've heard Frankenstein reiterated a lot of different times. So. Yeah, you know, so many movies and stories. Yeah. I'm a little bit more Rocky Horror when it comes to my Frankenstein interpretations. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Rocky Horror. That's better. Right. But uh, this so- was the better villains of Victor Victor Frankenstein, honestly. You were like, this dude, I mean, he is like a eugenicist. So yeah. Well, yeah, that's the real villain right there, eugenics. The casting in that film was was fantastic in that the young kid they got to play Victor actually looked like Peter Cushing. Yeah, I thought the casting was pretty good and the acting was good. It just, you know, it's a little throwback to have too much fun with it right now. I suppose. It it, it was a mixed bag of different eras and genres of horror at this stage. Four for me is Jeepers Creepers. I would agree, um, only because I have Jeepers Creepers trauma uh, because I watched that movie when I was way too young to be fucking watching that movie. So I was initially very terrified of it. So when it was on the list, and I was like, "Oh, can I rewatch this? I'll do it. It's fine." But like, <laughs> so I've overcome. But like that. The, the whole premise, it scares the shit out of me. And then you throw in all the like crazy history with it. Don't get me wrong. I love Justin Long. He's a horror boy, all that stuff. But it drives me crazy because it's really just another trope of like, don't get out of the fucking car. Just fucking drive. Just go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. You know? And there was such a weird energy between Justin Long and the sister throughout this film it's like yeah i, I don't buy you i don't buy you two as brother and sister i buy you two as like wanting to get in each other's pants that's what i was saying mm-hmm. like that whole dynamic the first like when i watched it again i was like are these two like are they doing it like, like they're supposed mm-hmm. to be siblings but something here is like a little too it reminds me 
of that Folgers commercial where they're supposed to be brother and sister, but it's giving off like incesty vibes. And I'm like, I don't like this. That's right. <laughs> what yeah. was your number four? For me, it's Babadoo. Yeah, oh. I actually creepers a little bit. So yeah, but <laughs> Babadook is down there. Just was dumb. <laughs> yeah, I hate to... <laughs> Seems like a lot of ways out of it, you know? And if there are ways, it's not that scary. You know, Mm. horror kind of has the same premise as action and a lot of other script writing is put your characters in a bad situation and then make it worse. Not Mm. put them in a bad situation and then make it unplausible. The Babadook give me a lot of um, smile vibes, Siri. It's It's like that sort of muted color tone they have throughout it. Yeah, I feel like that's um, what it tried to be and kind of missed the mark on that. Even though Smile came out way afterwards, so yeah. like maybe Smile like built on it. But yeah. I just can't get with the Bob Duke because it is such a goofy looking fucking monster that I'm like, I'm not afraid of this thing. <laughs> yeah, this is okay. I can see why a kid might be, but me, I'm like, get out. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And it didn't hurt. Like, it technically did not hurt anybody. Like, she murdered the dog. I mean, (laughs) which was totally egregious, in my opinion. They could have just, it was obvious she wanted to hurt the dog. The dog could have got away, but, you know. It was was one of those yippee dogs, though. And, like, you know what? If I was possessed, I would do the same thing. Ladies love their little crusty yippy dogs. So <laughs> my sister has one. He's out the back parking right now. I have one, and I hate it. Al, <laughs> uh, what's your what's your number four? I don't know. I really didn't like any of them. Probably the well, I don't know. What movies have I talked? Because I didn't see Frankenstein, so I'm less one number you than you all are. Yeah. So this would be your um, number three then. My number three is so probably The Mist. It was too long. <laughs> it's just too it was too long and the main character was so boring <laughs> just... i have a reason for this but we'll get to it so number three for me is the curse of frankenstein city number Oof. three for me is the mist honestly the mist Two. just i feel like yeah it went on long you could wrap it up i feel like they could have upped it and made it a little creepier but like once you figured out what was going on it's kind of like Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mel? Cool. Uh, yeah, I this one's a little tough because a part of me wants to say like misery, but it's just like it's the whole if you read the book thing, it might mm. spoil the movie because you've if you've read any Stephen King, there's they're really packed. They're like going into one of those little knickknack thrift shops. Like everywhere mm. you look, there's something. So mm-hmm. the so misery was a little straightforward in that way, whereas the mist I felt like that was pretty much the gist of it. And you know I like a monster that nobody expects, so I think I'm gonna have to go with yeah the mist here. I still like Jeepers Creepers, y'all. Okay. So. Okay. That's number three. Number two, it has to be the mist for me as well. It's like there is a top spot, and it's not the mist. Yeah, right. It can't be, so. Al, what about you for number two? I don't know, because here's the thing is, I didn't really like Misery all that much, (laughs) and 
I watched Babadook when it first came out. And so I'm clinging to those memories of like when it was new and it had, it was weird and things like that. And after watching it a second time, I'm like, man, this is really boring. So it's like either, either or could go in that place. Cause I was just kind of like, yeah, this is just, you know, I've seen it. It's fine. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> so I guess if I'm going to have to say maybe misery slightly lower it just felt again it felt like it was going on way too long <laughs> it's another one that felt like it went on way too long that's i mean the, the film is called misery so you know yeah, this is true this is true it lives up to its name <laughs> um city mel i think i'm left with misery I, <laughs> I guess that's what came out on top in this ragtag bullshit list <laughs> <laughs> i'm at misery for number two also Wait a minute. Is Jeepers Creepers number one on your list, Mel? It is. It is. You know what? I like a film with a cult following. I like a film that dares to show the beast. I like a film with its own little song, a little jingle to go along with it. Okay. Yeah. Better than the first one. You know what? I can't poke that many holes at Jeepers Creepers except for how many times you are screaming what the fuck are you thinking? Like, that's the dumbest thing you could possibly do in this situation, which, you know what? Mm. That's a part of horror angst, you know? Don't go yeah. in there. Run, idiot, all that yeah. stuff. Like, there are many, many times to to kind of feel that. So, yeah, I liked it. I mean, I thought the setting, apart from just Country Roads, which is cheap, was scary. I mean, I don't want to be in a tomb with bodies on the ceiling. It was given Hannibal, like, you know, so. I just wish we got more of that and less of the creeper on, like, wires doing, like, karate moves over the car, you know? <laughs> the <laughs> weightlessness of that character with the sort of badassness that he's supposed to have just doesn't really do it for me, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The car is cool. Yeah, I think I fucked up my list, but I guess my number two would be Babadook, but that's just because that one was fun to me. I don't know. And it also better than all of the other ones so far, minus Jeepers Creepers, because I do like it, but it, it scares I, It's the whole <laughs> it's a history thing at this point. Number I, one. Number one. I guess it's, it's got to be Babadook, because that was the only one that's left. And again, just like Autopsy with Jane Doe a couple weeks ago, I'm clinging to that. Like the first time I watched it, I had fun. And so I'm mm. going to stay in that nostalgia vein <laughs> of it. Because like when you're watching it, when it's like just on Netflix and you have no context and you have no idea what's going on and there's nothing on YouTube for you to like review beforehand to make sure you're not going to get traumatized. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a fun experience. But again, after watching it a second time, I'm like, yeah, this is not, it's, it's overhyped at this point. And, you know, it, it is what it is. Top of my list is just Stephen King. It goes misery than this. Oh. We're gonna talk about the shittest of the shit first, which is the farm. <laughs> Tried so hard to be like creepy. Oh, this is they eat people out here. Number one, what was with the shitty women at the start? The shitty old women at the start for no reason. They're just there to be shitty. The one with the broken down that's car weird. and the one in the diner that's like, you're not gonna <laughs> fucking eat anything. It's like, what's wrong with these people? America. That's pretty yeah. normal. <laughs> yeah, that's some regular ass behavior on Tuesday. When she's like, I didn't ask for your help. I'm like, you know what? You're right. You yeah. I'm gonna get I, back in my fucking car. 
Yeah, I did not look at that. Like I've met, I met my grandma, rest in peace. So yeah, I was just like, oh yeah, that makes you sense. You make it unsettling immediately. And really, I was just like, these people have no reason to be this fucking rude to these people. Like, what is going on? <laughs> and they made yeah. like three stops before they get to like the main meat <laughs> to use a bad word. The main meat of the film, and it's it's just not there. It's just not, it's a lot of lingering shots for no reason. And a lot of idiots getting in and out of cars for no reason. <laughs> like they get in and out of that car so many times. And he's like, I'm tired. It's broad ass daylight outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, they're like, like driving home to wherever they live. And like, don't get me wrong. I feel like this also played on that like trope that pisses me off so much where the wife is like, clearly like something's off. We should do something else. And the husband's like, no, nah, it's fine. We're fine. <laughs> Clearly you're not. Have you been paying attention to any of the people you have met? They're fucking weird and she's not wrong. You keep calling her rude, but she's right. Like what person who owns a motel walks you to your room and then comes in the room to have a whole fucking conversation with you? Get out! <laughs> That's just yeah. how people in Arizona act. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's why not let her movie. drive? Like it's whole, it's always so bad. This is the only one in this entire month I turned off in forty minutes and I did not finish. I hate this movie. I, <laughs> I saw did, through, but I hated while I watched. I yeah, like, you didn't miss anything. Ending because they set this all up like they are trying to put lore behind it. Like people come mm-hmm. there to have meals of cannibals, you know, bullshit. But they don't expand upon it. Yeah, they don't the guy that shit. owns the guy that owns the cabin, they they clearly just hired him like for his looks. Put it that mm. way, because his acting is subpar. Oh, okay. And at that stage, it's like this is discrimination against this is ableism, you know? Because the guy, I don't think that's a prosthetic. I'm gonna put it that way. All right, there's that, and then there's the the gas station attendant or whatever that guy was too, who's supposed to be. Uh, punished and then yeah. five minutes later it's like no he's fine he's gonna stick with me yeah. today it's like, what the fuck? Well, it's, just, it's just not good and like yeah mm-hmm. and what makes me the most upset is like you could have taken it there without being super just shock value gross but it's also mm-hmm. like you didn't explain a fucking thing like mm-hmm. And not that you need to have like an entire scene of exposition, but like, what's the deal with this farm? Why are people, what is this? Like, right. And I think what made me just like pay more attention to painting is when you get to the the dairy cow scene. I'm just like, that's, that's, that's where I turned it off. Like, (laughs) but okay. (laughs) okay. did, Did you turn it off? Before or after they killed the baby by smacking it on the floor? They were opening the cage to get the baby, and I noped the fuck out of there. I'm like, I know what's coming, and I can't nope. do it. I can't. <laughs> because they didn't cut away from it, but I'll tell you what they did I'm cut sure away they from. didn't. A grown-ass what? man getting stabbed in the hand with a screwdriver, for whatever reason. Why would they cut away after we spent five minutes watching some dude walk with a bag of limbs unbroken through this farm? Like, why would they cut away? They have no reason to. Why would they cut away <laughs> when they watch me watch a grown woman get inseminated on what might be the dirtiest gynecological table I've ever seen in my life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> in, 
<laughs> inseminated and then immediately cooked. It's like, mm -hmm. personally, if I'm a cannibal, we'll put it this way. If I'm going to eat a sandwich, I just would enjoy the sandwich more if I knew there wasn't sperm in it. Oh my god. The killing of the baby and a lot of other things. It kind of, first of all, the whole movie was lost to me. It's a lost movie. But mm -hmm. it lost me even more because in the beginning, I'm, I kind of got with it. I was like, oh, okay, this is political. This mm -hmm. is about factory farming and the treatment of animals in the industrial food complex. You know what? I'm ready to see this as an allegory. But when they started doing things like killing the babies and stuff like that and throwing them in the trash can, I'm like, hold up. You've never been in a factory farm. We would absolutely eat the babies. What do you mean? Like, like, that's like human yeah. feel. Like, that's the mm -hmm. right. And the what is the point? For cruelty instead in a way that actually doesn't mirror the factory farm complex mm. where, you know, babies are taken and eaten, not just thrown in the trash kind of thing. Right. And um, even baby chickens, like chicken nuggets. Like, so I, I, I don't know. I just thought, well, that it really is just for shock and awe. And mm -hmm. the political statement is kind of lost at that point. And also it would cost so much to eat people. Like, come on, it's not cheaper to eat people or we would have been doing it. So yeah, it's giving very tender is the flesh, but like way worse and less thought through. Yeah. <laughs> It was not thought through. It was like, we want people to be horrified by this, but mm -hmm. you lost the message if you don't stay, you know, on track with the exact comparison. So I kind of was like, here we go. Another cannibal film where everybody's, you know, incest bread, has crooked teeth and a Southern accent. And it's really just anti-Southernism, you know? So, and as a like, I know there are academic, artistic, beautiful things in the South, too, not just a bunch of cannibalistic hicks. I want to scrub it from memory. Yeah, it's not good. And when they try to escape and they're just like hell bent on getting this bus, I'm like, fuck the bus. Just go. You're in a field. Run. <laughs> like, just keep on running. Don't I mean, back. these. These are the people that did not notice a full-ass man under their bed and then did not wake up until the next morning after they got abducted. They're not using their brains. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's yeah. peripheral vision in this fucking film is awful. Situation awareness is just zero for these people. Non-existent. Yeah. yeah. And, and the Oh, God. Whatever was going to happen, I wanted it to happen to him first. And I kept thinking, you guys might want to get him a blood test before you eat him because he's so tired, he can't keep his eyes open at, like, 4.30. And right. He's where, did, dead with where did this family. guy go? Like, How did he sick. get out of whatever he was in to free her? Why is the deus de ex, de ex husband up? <laughs> I want We've to talked enough about this film. It doesn't deserve this kind of attention from us. It's just shit. <laughs> And exactly. we watch this so that the listeners don't have to. Yes. Uh, don't waste your time. You can just watch a documentary. So moving on now to The Babadook. I dislike this film, so I'm going to let whoever loves it talk about it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, same. Very mid for me. 
Honestly, anything that you can save yourself by hiding under the blankets, it's not going to do it for me. So Yeah, I mean, they really home alone the end of this film. That was yeah. That was what happened. I don't know. It's just one of those things where I also agree where it's like if there's there's outs, then like what's the point? I mean, granted, yes, in a lot of those types of movies, there should be an out. Like you gotta do a ritual. Like I just pull the blanket up and we're good. Cool. And I'm going to sleep. Like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they really, they really just keep this thing in their basement now as a pet. A um, pet. Right, eating up all the worms. I was yeah. just like, man, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the scariest part of this movie was the idea of being a single mother with a defiant child in a broken school system. Yeah. That also knows how to fashion weapons. Who the fuck taught him how to do that? He doesn't have a da. Not, that his, mother, not that his mother couldn't teach him that, but she seems really against it. So why? How did he learn this stuff? <laughs> did he go? You say did he in public school? I don't. Well, right. it's Australia, so I don't know if it's as bad there. <laughs> well, if it's Australia, then that's just the knowledge they're born with, because like <laughs> an entire country's trying to kill you, so you need to know. <laughs> really, the, not all of them are from there, especially not the white ones. Fair enough, yeah. But good lord. It's just, no, it's silly to me. It's silly. It's a silly, silly little movie with a silly little guy <laughs> that I'm supposed to be afraid of, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me a lot of, it's in the same vein as like Possum that we watched a while ago, where it's more about the the allegory for the mental health than it is about the horror. And if you look at it from that aspect, it's like, okay, it did what it wanted to, but if you're wanting to like make something scary, the Babadook's not it no. like he's his design is not all that intimidating <laughs> i mean the kid kind of the kid has like adhd or is on the spectrum right that's that's what mm -hmm. we're getting from it mm -hmm. yeah really yeah because all we really got from this film culturally is that the babadook is pennywise's boyfriend and that one gif of <laughs> Her screaming at him, screaming, "Why can't you just be fucking normal?" Right. And I think that's that's all we got from this film as a culture. It is a look, though—the top hat with the long, you know, oh, metallic yeah, yeah. nails, you know, the chimney sweep. You know, it was a weird icon. He was serving the whole time. <laughs> Do you yeah. think, like the Jeepers Creeper? Do you think, like the creeper, he just sort of like takes on clothes from some period in time, like this entity existed before the eighteen hundreds, whenever they had top hats and long coats? Because I can't imagine I think... the creeper being an Aboriginal creature. <laughs> I think the Babadook, from what I had heard when I was like watching like deep dives of it, is that he's supposed to be um, reminiscent of a cockroach. And so that's why he's got the coat because it's supposed to be like the wings and like the the casing and <clears throat> because he skitters in the darkness and no matter how much you try to get rid of him he won't go away so that's kind of like the allegory for that. like okay, okay. I just I just well, remembered I mean... the skithering scene and I was like oh my god I can't take this creature seriously <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's when the big bad I mean sure if you have a big bad that's supposed to be like slinky and like it can sneak into places. Firstly, get Doug Jones. Secondly, 
if you're going with that, go with that. Don't make them like this big imposing creature and then have them move like they're light as a feather. That's that's <laughs> not good character design at all. That is actually terrifying, that part. It's like, he's too big to be moving like that. Exactly. He's that's that not the camera. Right. <laughs> yeah. He, he's about as threatening as the nun. Like, he's tall, imposing, and he moves way too quick for his size, and that's about all the more he does. <laughs> at least the oh. nun actually kills people i mean he had every opportunity she was crawling on the floor okay just kill me and nothing happened and later on she was like i guess i'll just scream back because nothing's gonna happen so i I fully expected when the lady came to the door the old lady i fully expected her to like i was like get her she didn't i mean the babadook did have that lady from glee in it so that was that Sorry, I watched this in America. The ads, it just went straight on to it. Like, stool, stool <laughs> softener, first direct, whatever the fuck it is, the bank. Yeah, well, you know, that's why I pay for ad-free TV on most things. So should we move on to Deadly Blessing? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Not Wes Craven's finest moment. Mess Craven, what in the world? <laughs> right? Yeah. I was like, when I first saw the like sequence, and I was like, oh, Wes Craven. Okay, so this can't be that bad. And I was like, this is awful. This is so bad. I don't like it at all. I don't like this movie. Where it lost me was the barn scene with that one chick who's just the weird friend, but it's like she's <laughs> girl, it's a uh-huh. spider. Will you Lana. just go? <laughs> what on tranquilizers friend i guess oh yeah, yeah. she was doped up by the end of it mm-hmm. by the end of mm-hmm. it yeah it's it, the it drama must... mm-hmm. it's like it girl must... your friend's husband just died why are you lounging around her house in a satin nighty right. like, it was nice to look at um don't get me wrong she's very she's pretty trying to give her like... ideas yeah, it's just you're in here talking about your weird dreams about how you, death or whatever you were trying to get at. I don't know. <laughs> like maybe time and place. Maybe right now is not the time for it. Have some supernatural parts and then abandon them. Like the tractor. We mm-hmm. that's verified the tractor just came on by itself because it happened again, right? We never right. saw the chick in there. I guess we're to assume she was hiding there while the other guy was hiding. Tight, in the- but now, yeah. I'm like, how I many people she- are hiding in the barn? I mean, she said she would. She got rid of the people that were in the way, which I took to mean she got rid of the husband and the creepy dude that was like trying to peek on her. Mm-hmm. But that still leaves the two in the car, like the guy that left the church and uh the other blonde friend who got doused in gasoline and satellite like they weren't in the way why is the weird art person going after them i'm trying to be respectful here like bye and like hot for her because why did her mom say you're half and half people are gonna find out that you're half and half and she kept calling that chick my whatever her name was my what was it faith or something martha Martha, my Martha. martha yeah like that's not your martha and I'm like, oh, so she she wants to be with this chick. Like, I thought that was why she killed the husband, but maybe that's just the lesbian lens. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so. I thought that might have been it too, because like she should yeah. be bringing eggs and like just hanging around this lady. Like, that's how. Right. Honestly, I'm terrible at flirting with women, so I'll be like, you want a basket of eggs? Like, <laughs> no. 
Yeah, I thought that too. I was like, oh, she wants Martha. Like, yeah. that's why she killed the husband. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes yeah. sense. But but, but the... she disappears for so long that you didn't forget she's a thing until, like, you come back to the end of the movie. And right. there's so many characters. I had so many, I had such a hard time keeping up with who was who and who was even the main character. Like, I'm like, is it the girl who owns the barn? Are we supposed to be paying attention to her or the one who's trying to bang the church kid? Like, what's... <laughs> The dead like... guy's brother with the curly blonde hair. Mm-hmm. That's just Colin Baker, the fifth doctor from Doctor Who. That's just him. Why is he here? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's, it a, it's so strange. Yeah, too many elements. Like you have the religious yeah. cult, but like the religious cult ain't really up to much other than just being a, a, a religious yeah. cult. So like they yeah. didn't have anything to do what, with what was going on. Um, but like except the the girl that comes up at the end and kills the art person yeah there's yeah. that but the it. cousin that he was supposed to marry let yeah. me say oh, like, you over red herringed this movie to the point where i was just like i don't care like, I'm like yeah, yeah. yeah. you start thinking about like the writer you're like ooh, somebody's got some church hurt mm-hmm. maybe cheated on bye bye girl right <laughs> you know? it's just I'm, like I realized that they were like, we have to make it a different sect because we can't make the Amish people look like creepy and bad. And then I was like, who, what Amish person is going to fucking watch this film? No Amish person. No one's going to sue you. Right. At least the ex ones that leave, but they'll probably be like, that's about right. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. For real. It must be in Craven's contract that there has to be a bathtub scene with like something coming up between a girl's legs. It was Freddy's claw, and it was this. (laughs) The way she was sitting in that tub, I'm like, girl, your knees ain't cold. Uh, Like, that's not. That was my thought. Like, nobody sits like that. Right. I don't sit like that. That's a lot. (laughs) And the fact that the bathtub water stayed warm for that long. That's another thing. It's like, that doesn't, that does not happen. That bathtub water gets cold in like five minutes. There's no way that steam is still coming off of that. (laughs) What pissed me off is like, she has the towel over her face. She hears someone come in and she doesn't immediately take the towel off her face. That's what I would do. Why are you just just like, it's okay. (laughs) She just assumes one of her friends is coming in when it's already a stressful time, keeping silent and going to do his shit while she's in the bath. Right. I would take my towel off my face and be like, what the fuck's going on? But that's just the paranoid in me. (laughs) I'm not gonna like sit there and act like like, who's in my bathroom? You see me in here, right? (laughs) You'd be like, light a candle. (laughs) Right. Jesus, that that made me mad, and it's just like, yeah, now we're focused on like, yeah, the friend who wants to bang the the Hittite kid or whatever. It's just like, yeah, mm. that one guy who was like, "I'm sorry, I can't be nice anymore. I just, I'm so horny." Like you chase that <laughs> down in the field, oh, runs away from him, and it's his cousin. <laughs> I'm like, please, <laughs> your cousin. Oh, I mean, geez. And then oh. she had to go stabbing people. I felt bad for the Melissa chick the whole time. Yeah. Like, and first your cousin in the field, and now this. Who is going out in the country looking for Amish boys to take out? The co- I mean, I guess somebody, but like, she couldn't keep it together for like the time it took her friend to grieve. Right. And her friend was not really grieving. Her friend was like, well, he's dead. Yeah, she seemed pretty fine. 
Like, no, I'm getting the hell out of here. Like, the only reason we are here is because that was his family and he didn't want to, like, move fire. He's dead. I'm going back to where my friends are trying to take me. I'm not hanging out. Like, it's got a slightly similar premise that setup of, like, two friends come to comfort someone whose husband has just died. That's just P.S. I love you. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> For the blood said, milk scene, I was like, who took the time to come in here and replace this lady's carton of milk with blood? Because that's just some involvement with me that I, I'm petty, but that's too much. What <laughs> a scarecrow. Yeah, that's yeah. you. You didn't hear someone in there setting up this fucking trap? Like, what is the situational awareness around this house? It's garbage. <laughs> so bad. Almost well, as bad I mean, as the eyesight of the people from the farm. I mean, this is also the, the same brain cells that didn't get out of the car that someone was stabbing and setting on fire and running instead of sitting there trying to, like, press on the gas for 10 minutes. You could have gotten uh, out of the oh, car. car that started perfectly fine. Um, doesn't know how to start anymore right you know, it's like okay like like they stabbed the roof the car the rest of the car's fine it can still drive everything's good From... she just resigned herself to using poor what john as a fucking shield <laughs> i mean if she can't you know <sighs> she can't fuck him may as well use him as a human shield I mean, um, men have two uses. <laughs> <Sex> from... <laughs> men have two uses. Thanks, Sadie. You know what? I'm not going to argue with that. That is the truth. <laughs> from one folk horror film with shitty police and cars that don't work to another, let's talk about Jeepers Creepers. This could have been classic folk horror. I think it could have been. It could have spawned like so many other things, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre did. Mm -hmm. Immediately, it gets aged by the inclusion of Justin Long. I'm sorry, but this is a 2000s movie. This is like a 2002 movie almost because he's in it. Scary Scarecrow, I get it, but at the same time, it's just like <clears throat> stay in the car, <laughs> like stop touching stuff. I guess it's just, it's one of those things that I feel like if it was made around the time of like the Nightmare on Elm Streets, where it was kind of like that schlocky, folky type of horror in a remote setting, it probably would have done a lot better. But it was, we we're heading into that age of like Saw. And it, so it feels a little like the two genres that they're trying to go for don't really feel like they fit because it feels like it's trying to still hit with that like haha funny slasher moment type of thing and be creepy and it doesn't come across as creepy it comes across like an 80s slasher with a cheesy villain and it just doesn't feel like it was in the right time because again you have Justin Long in the 2000s and it's like it's, it's almost like if you took like Friday the 13th and put it with a, the cast of Final Destination in it <laughs> is the vibe that I was getting from this movie Okay. And it's just like it is just like it, it felt odd. It felt disjointed to me anyway. And I just hate Justin Long. Like I know you're meant to hate him and everything he's in, but like there's a point where it's like, oh, you're an annoying character to the point of like, I want to murder your face. <laughs> and Justin Long's in that category of I want to murder your face. I didn't I didn't like it. Mel, you That's love funny. this film. 
I would say loved it, but I like it. I think it's solid. And I think it kind of what you were saying, it, in my opinion, was a little bit successful at kind of making a little bit of a a cult franchise mm. sort of vibe. There's what, three that, of them? Yeah, yeah. And they were all about the same level of solid for me. Although I liked the second one better because of one scene where he's running alongside the school bus that was pretty scary. But this one for me, it's not super scary, but it has a lot of anxiety because there's a lot of stuff you wouldn't do. Well, road rage situations are kind of anxious making to me. So the mm -hmm. idea that someone's going to run you off the road in a remote setting is kind of scary. But I, I liked the bad guy. You know, I feel like I agreed that this movie is on the cusp of when bad guys went from, you know, producers and directors trying really hard to get a guy in a suit to work to moving on to things like CGI. So yeah. this is the guy in a suit trying to work as a monster, you know? So we're talking rig wires and cables and yeah, stunt doubles, that kind of stuff. I like it. It feels like a lot of effort to me, you know, especially the scene where he's like jumping over the car and doing his somersaults and stuff like that. I kind mm. of, like that there is a physical body there versus a computer generated scene for something you can't do. I like I, that. I agree with you. It's like the the practical stuff is a lot nicer than the CGI. You gotta be about your stuff. And I think it was mm -hmm. one way that horror producers used to compete in the eras before right now that they don't really have to now. Now it's a matter of computer engineering where before you had to have a damn good costume designer. You had to have somebody mm -hmm. who could do stunts. Yeah. I mean, you had to cast somebody who could act a little, but also, you know, was an action-based performer. So mm -hmm. I kind of liked that aspect of it. And the same with the actors. There's a lot of running a lot of screaming, you know, a lot of that stuff. And it really gives me indie horror. So I like it for that reason. Um, some of it is just dumb and superfluous. Obviously, all they had to do was like keep driving. Going back, putting your head in the tunnel, all that was insane, you know, absolutely insane. But ain't very anxious making. So, uh -huh. But it's like, let's pick the creepiest possible fucking building we can and see if someone here can help us. Why would anybody be there? <laughs> that yeah. was such a fantastic set, too, to only get, like, two minutes of screen time. Yeah. Right. Why, would, you, why would they burn it down? Like, the, the creep isn't thinking, oh, shit, I gotta cover my tracks. He's, like, right. a... A preternatural <laughs> creature. Like, he doesn't yeah. need to, like, hide. Yeah. I, I mean, the modern horror, we, we really can't have that kind of remote anxiety unless, you know, you put people on top of Mount Everest or something. You know, mm -hmm. we whip out the cell phones and it's done. So the mm -hmm. idea that you've got to drive oh. to the next town to get to a phone, I think, is lost now. So we won't yep. be having more movies like that. So I kind of like that vibe. What are you going to do? You're in a, a hoopty, you know, tied to, with the trunk tied together with some underwear on a back road. There's no police. Mm -hmm. There's no cell phones, you know. So it's like a period in, in horror history that was made from like the 70s to yeah. the early 90s. Um, yeah. Kind of a niche period that I like 
where you have, you know, the modern vibe of like kids just being kids, Mm -hmm. but also there's no help for them. So I I like the aesthetics of the movie, but the plausibility, I mean, it's dumb. Yeah, they could have killed him. That's kind of what I was getting at in terms of like, this could have been a classic like Texas Chainsaw Massacre because it it hits off all the notes. It's in the middle of the summer, I guess. It's spring break, right? They're in the wild in America. They're in classic (laughs) cars. Last, it's like the survivor type thing. It's like two people alone. And they mm-hmm. immediately get dirty and sweaty. It's got it ticks off all the aesthetic things, mm-hmm. but then after it introduce after it shows you the face of the creature, the creature just sort of loses its shock value or its menace value. I think, like it, mm-hmm. it is beautiful. It is a gorgeous design, especially because I was thinking there about um, the way we talk about the Babadook, like it's a cockroach. This guy's mm-hmm. a cicada. He eats yeah. every 23 years. Like <laughs> 23. I can never have been. I feel like that's a very specific number. You only get hungry every 23 years. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's it, the mystic it's woman in this who's a fantastic actress. It's close enough to Pennywise that it's not infringement. <laughs> Got it. That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. <laughs> that's basically. Because that's what Pennywise is about 26, 27, so it's mm, also kind just of in that like, range plot-based reason why he hasn't just eaten an entire town or two of people. If he was eating at that rate every day, there wouldn't be any people. It's so rural. And I think it's to tie it back to those old disappearances every Mm -hmm. few decades or so. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this happened 23 years ago. I wonder if that's related. So it added some tension, but it was kind of random. It wants to give it that sort of yeah. boogeyman vibe of, oh, it's mm-hmm. the pee pee poo poo man, you know? Yeah. It's giving me very, the answer is 42, but there's no real reason for that. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I just, I don't know. I still just don't fucks with cornfields and scarecrows. It's not a bad movie. I don't hate the movie. I do like the movie. It's just that, like, I watched it too early, scared the shit out of me. And, like, mm, that's the story of my life. But I think. The theme song or like the little jingle thing that they sing. It's just like anytime I hear that, I fucking wince. I'm like, please stop. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear it anymore. You know, it's terrible. I, I I think- heard that song before I saw the film. So all it is in my head is actually it's a pleasant song because it's Ella Fitzgerald singing it. <laughs> Got it. I think I like the, the way it ends and it's just like you hate Justin Long and like all that stuff and now it's just Justin Long skin. It's just his eyes. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. The eyes make it to the sequel. The rest of them doesn't. No. <laughs> the bubblegum machine tattoo I think makes it to the sequel. Oh does it? Lovely. <laughs> oh god. I we're talking about Frankenstein and it's just me and you because no one else could access it because it was free on YouTube. Ireland supremacy. Uh, yeah, Irish supremacy. That's all we're going to say. So, Curse of Frankenstein. Curse of Frankenstein. What did you make of it? I thought for an adaptation, because I've read and watched plenty of adaptations of Frankenstein. Mm. I have the original right here and I brushed up on it. You can't really see because my background. Is... <laughs> so you read. I just, my head disappeared. Yeah. That's. I brushed up on it a bit beforehand, but I've read that many 
adaptations, I guess, that I couldn't remember the original all as well as I thought I could. Mm. Mm -hmm. But as far as like following it, they do have sort of the same cast of characters. One thing that I noticed is that the guy Paul, like the oh, yeah, well, he I think he was supposed to replace Henry Clerval, which is Frank uh Victor's friends. Yeah, Basically, the same thing gets generally horrified by the fact that Victor's like a, the mad, <laughs> a mad bastard man. A mad, <laughs> he's a mad bastard. This part's gonna he's be a mad bastard. This part's gonna be so Northern Irish. I swear to God, this is gonna yeah. happen. Same, same cast of characters. The monster movie makeup. It's hard to be as iconic as Boris Karloff's version, isn't it? Like they yeah, tried I mean, with like the the black overcoat and the black turtleneck, but you know. I will say that as far as casting goes, and like characterization for Victor, they were pretty spot on. He's just kind of an arrogant asshole because he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I think his first line in the movie is like he's telling the priest he asked the priest to come there, and when the mm. priest was like, "Oh, do you want me to bless you?" He goes, "Keep your spiritual stuff to yourself." Keep it for those who need it. And I was like, oh, yep, this is pretty accurate. <laughs> this is this is Victor. Yeah. He's given he's given Grand Moff Tarkin. But that's just because Peter Cushing played both. He just went my tale of woe. And I was like, oh yeah, this drama queen's starting now. Great. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I actually thought that worked kind of well in terms of structuring, because the book is written from the perspective in letters from the perspective of someone who's been told Victor's story by Victor. Yeah, uh, it was on a boat, and then Victor just appeared, and they just yeah. like, took him, him on the boat, and then he was writing letters to his sister mm -hmm. about what this guy was telling him. <clears throat> um, as far as structural, that is, as you said, very similar. It to... is, and you can overlook the fact that Victor starts retelling scenes where he had no idea what the dialogue was or who was involved, like Paul and Elizabeth talking to one another. I think that's really interesting in terms of how he sort of sees the others, because you can make an argument of like unreliable narrator, especially in terms of Elizabeth, because she was just annoying and like vapid. And I yeah. did like note that down. But yeah. that could be him telling it in the way of, oh, she's just this annoying, vapid person that I that I have living with me that doesn't really actually need to be here or whatever. Right. Which is just like how he views her. Or it was just sort of suspension of disbelief in terms of like yeah. films. You could argue I mean, for both of us. They're, they're hammer horror. Like, they yeah. were churning these things out in the 1950s. Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee's in half of them. They did sort of make a conveyor belt of them. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But what, I guess... what I was what I was gonna say was um the maid, what's her name again? Justine. Justine, right. If we are making the case of this is just an unreliable narrator, mm -hmm. Victor doesn't have to make himself to be out to be such an asshole to her. And honestly, he probably doesn't think he was being an asshole. He probably thought he was being reasonable. Right, just backing her into a corner to kill her. Yeah, he probably thought he was justified in that, honestly. I have expected him to take Henry's brain instead of the professor's when it got That's smashed. 
I absolutely was like, oh, Paul's going to get his head cut off and put on this creature. I absolutely 100% wrote that down and everything. I was like, oh, he's dead. He's dead. And when he didn't, I was actually kind of disappointed. Because that's the excuse they give for the creature, like, being homicidal almost immediately is like, <laughs> its last memory is Victor killing it. <laughs> and then having like chunks of glass removed from its brain, it would piss anyone off. <laughs> you fucked up a perfectly good corpse, is what he did. Look at it, he has anxiety. <laughs> you do well in Belfast, I think. If you put a pint in his hand, you could convince everybody that he's just out seeing the rugby. So, this movie, good, bad? Do you think it's better or worse than Misery? Misery? As in Kathy Stephen Beats. King? Yeah. Kathy Bates? Oh, nothing beats that. Okay, good, because Kathy Bates is at the... Misery is at the top of my list this week. Everyone has disagreed with me. I would say between Misery, it's... When compared to Misery, not good, but in terms of adaptations, because... Maybe it's because I've seen so and read so many bad ones. Yeah. I quite liked it. It was entertaining enough. The characters... Apart from like the women characters who were quite annoying and ill fleshed out, which is standard. Yeah. I quite liked it. I mean, Paul was Paul at one point was supposed to be this uh there when he looked the same as when Victor was a kid and when he was an yeah. adult. They just gave him a beard. The casting for that was fantastic though. Like the guy that plays young Peter Cushing. Oh, that was really good. On point. It was giving me on point. It was, <laughs> It was giving me Timothy sort of Chevrolet sort of vibes. <laughs> I was going back. <laughs> it did sort of look like him. Come on. It does. It does. Can't remember what it was. I think it's from Only Fools and Horses, but there's a description of it of a of a young teenage character, and it's like, what young spotty there? And that's exactly what I thought of this character. It's like he still has spots. He shouldn't be allowed to talk with me. He's a sort of was an asshole off the bat when he was a kid as well. And, and how, does, how... how does learning, like, someone coming in to tutor you Spanish turn into you and the Spanish tutor uh, make re- res- resurrecting a dead dog? I can blame that on Paul. He was the adult supervision. What um, the fuck went wrong there? Come on, Paul. You had one job. Teach this kid I'm... Spanish. And look at him now. He's reanimating corpses. Do better, Paul. <laughs> Do better. I think, I think, no, no, no. I think that's purely Victor's fault. Victor started this. He did, Paul, but. Paul was just like, Paul was just like, oh, he's just a kid. He can't do anything until he's like, oh, no shit. He's an adult and now he's robbing bodies. <laughs> An awkward that's moment Paul... when you're babysitting a kid and then the kid turns out to be a grave robber. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> why, why did Paul, why was he so obsessed with religion? Like he was like, it's evil. There's only evil that can come of this. And I was like, what the fuck are you on about? You're not a science. Yeah, that's a very good point. He was a scientist. It's like, sure, yeah, say that this is unethical, maybe something like that, but evil. It did get very religious for him. I only don't really notice that now, actually, now that you've pointed that out. He did get very sort of holier than thou. And it was like, Paul, come on. You're complicit in this too. Yeah. He was there when he robbed the grave. Yeah, I mean, in fairness to him, he didn't kill the maid. But technically, neither did Victor. It was the creature, if that's what we're calling him. 
Yeah, the creature killed three people. Killed and the creature was sort the of old the... man, the wee boy, and the maid. Yeah, uh, the blind person's actually in the book as well. Mm-hmm. But... He is, and I think yeah. the wee boy is as well, isn't he? He's supposed to be the maid's Victor... brother. No, it's Victor's younger brother. He gets he gets killed, but the maid was responsible for looking after him. Then gets uh, framed for his murder because uh, of a necklace or something. Oh, maybe hmm. I remember the book better than I thought. The blind man keeps having conversations with the monster because the monster can speak properly and doesn't just like, grunt and shuffle around. Yeah, and the blind man has no from, idea. He learns it from listening to the blind man talk to his family, like living in the walls. And then he comes in and he's oh, learned. Yeah, he lives in the walls. And he's learned English from that. And the old man like gives him a Bible or something. And he, no, Paradise Lost. Back to like Paul not noticing when he was robbing the grave. The only reason I think that he figured out that, oh, this is a little bit fucked up is because Victor just like cut the corpse's head off. Yeah. Which, by the way, the smallest knife I've ever seen. Smallest knife and immediately drops it massive. Like, this is a surprise to let it help us later. Either Victor was hench, or that was absolute total bullshit, because how you cut a head off with that small a knife? He was hench, he was just dum, dum, dum. Just fucking lifting Victorian dumbbells. He's like, you know those things they used to have in art classes, the guillotine? To like chop paper? Yeah. He was, he was going at it with that. A paper slicer, I think they're called? Yeah. Good film. Good film. What were we watching? Good film. Good film. Paul was talked into grave robbing way too easily. Yeah. yeah. Well, it wasn't technically grave robbing. He just took down a corpse. It's like asking someone to take down Christmas decorations with you. It's not great. It's not fun, but you'll do it. I don't think I would take down someone's Christmas decorations. Argument could be made for me going to get a corpse. Depends on the situation. Yeah, we got to watch, Molly. You don't want to talk about? No, not at all. The mist where I am right now. The supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> and and Mel has one of the pretty beasties. So, I read the book mm-hmm. in preparation for this. There are some changes, but I understand why they made the changes, except for one of them. Norton, who is uh, Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine Nine, mm-hmm. is originally white in the book. Changing his race for the film. I think they didn't think this through because it changes a lot of like his what he says to the other characters about being an outsider and being like taken advantage of by Hicks. It changes it a lot because whenever I originally read the book, I was like, the fucking caucasity of this dick. (laughs) But it makes it such a messy allegory now for race relations in America. And I don't think they intended that, but that's what came up to me whenever I was watching. Books are really white. They rarely have characters of color that aren't extremely stereotyped or archetyped. So, and it typically is Black people or Indigenous people. There is a lot of Indigenous stereotyping in Stephen King books. I mean, so for me, I kind of was in the same vein that they made it a racial division until the Black guy was dead. Then it was a religious division. And I get that that's a part of the narrative, 
that it's about human nature and what Mm -hmm. people do in desperate situations and they immediately divide typically Mm -hmm. but I just thought yeah it was tactless because it upheld the stereotypes that black Mm -hmm. men are aggressive and dumb and Mm -hmm. litigious and punitive and so I just I didn't love that either they could have picked any other male well I think Ollie Ollie is the best character. Dobby. Mm. He is the best character in this film, objectively. And in the book, I think. I really enjoyed his character. Would have been so much better if he would if his race was changed. Um, because Norton, like immediately, as soon as they said, don't interfere with my people and the white mm. person, the the white guy David, he goes, Your people? It's like it, that's not that doesn't sound great. That doesn't sound great. <laughs> I just I don't know I liked it and I didn't for like lots of reasons but I've also just like never really been too much of a Stephen King girly just because I feel like I'm not either Stephen King book it's hella predictable like I know where this is going he's got his his rhythm down but one thing about me is like if some weird creepy fucking fog storm thing is happening and they're like stay where you are I'm staying where I am like I don't know why everyone insists on like well we gotta get out of here you're in a supermarket like you got food and shit just stay where you're at <laughs> like you'll be you okay do, but they're getting in I mean oh, the, the big yeah. horse fly thing I think we have so many examples for why that's probably exactly what would happen I mean think about the lockdown just telling yeah. people got to stay at home people are like nope i'm outside you know so i think that part to me i just would not have tried to stop those people you know my thing would have been let as many people leave as possible and you make your your you know your hold up there or whatever why did they try in mass to stop people like that just let them go you see what happens and then you know Mm -hmm. i guess they eventually Mm -hmm. The film's given a lot of like the Walking Dead vibes. You know what I mean? It's like in post apocalyptic, everything's free for all and people are banded into little groups. It's naturally what we do, I think, in these sort of strange situations. I mean, yeah, I feel like that is true, but I just feel like in this movie, like those things do happen. It gives like very Lord of the Flies and like you're in the situation, but like it's too quick of a time period for all of this, like dissent and like religious groups to start forming and like factions right, like, it's, start, it's too it's two quick days. yeah it's, yeah, yeah. Days. it's two days and it, it's the same in the book half of the people in the store commit suicide by taking pills the two soldiers do hang themselves darth maul the third soldier who plays darth mm-hmm. maul in the clone wars he's not in the book but they need someone they they introduce some characters to like get across some exposition that only happens inside the main character's head so they introduced him they introduced sally uh, as well because amanda and david fuck in the book Mm -hmm. immediately is worried about is his wife alive and decides you know what i'm gonna take this girl up to the manager's office Yeah, that part was kind of on, on, you know, he didn't really give a crap about his wife in the movie or the book, Mm -hmm. honestly. So I didn't think that was too far off. Like, you know, if you had only seen the movie, you would think, why doesn't this guy ask about his wife or worry about her out loud? And when he Mm -hmm. gets there and sees her in webbed, 
he's just like, ooh, that's a bummer. Let's hit the road, you know? Right, right. Real grief. He would have been out of that car trying to get her down, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So I don't know, but and that's that, that's another thing that the book does that this film doesn't is it leaves so many things ambiguous, because at the end and they're still heading south, like they hear a thing on the radio, they hear just one word and it's hope, so they're going down to Florida. They continue on, and that's where it ends. Uh, we still yeah. don't know what happened to the wife because there's a big tree in the middle of the road. They can't get past it to get to the house, so they just turn around and they go. But this, because naturally naturally enough, you know, it's a theatrical release. They have to keep you there. They have to wrap it up in a nice little bow for you so that classic ending happens. It's just one of those things, too, where it's like, oh, well, the government was doing some shit they weren't supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. and now I gotta fucking pay for it. Like, stop fucking with it stop it <laughs> it's too much and it's one of those things where like every time i see it, it's like what what was the end goal like once you did figure out whatever the science thing you were going to do was like you didn't think you were going to release an eldritch horror and then have to deal with that later like <laughs> no this is what my tax dollars are for great i'm gonna okay. invoke jeff goldblum and say you were worrying too much if you could you didn't mm-hmm. think if you should yeah fair enough yeah absolutely should you be doing this no i love the creature designs though yeah like the giant elephant thing that was very cool cool. yeah Mm -hmm. and the cgi for the most part was good the tentacles i think for the time you know yeah Mm. yeah yeah and they did have like an actual like model i think of the tentacle whenever they poke it with a stick and it starts going wild it's when it starts to turn to black goo that I'm like, okay, this is this is bullshit. Yeah, it, it fades off pretty quick. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't understand. I would have been like, you guys, there's a way to defeat them. Whatever we did when we poked it, let's do that again. It'll just melt. <laughs> like, I didn't understand why nobody thought to capitalize on the fact that they just turn into a puddle of black oil steam. Yeah. I just, why did that happen? Nobody thought maybe we gotta poke them or expose them to something or cut their arms off i don't know they just never got like rallied back the human race is supposed to rally we're we're defensive you know we're supposed to be like line up soldiers you know some i guess eventually we tried. i mean we, i'm we laying down <laughs> this is happening. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd be done i'm laying yeah. down someone else can figure out this shit i'm not doing it <laughs> I mean, if you did lay low in a safe spot for a few days, it would have sorted itself out. It only Fair took enough. a few I mean, yeah. I did not feel sorry for the main character in the end at all. First of all, he was a toxic hero looking for a whole bunch of thank yous. And yeah. I didn't find what he did in the end heroic at all. Like, you oh. could at least say, well, let's tell some some funny stories for 12 hours until we get hungry and then shoot everybody. I mean, right. they didn't even pack the car with supplies. Like, what kind of hero are you? They could have sat in the car for at least another day or two. He really just stopped, turned off the car, and shot everybody. Like, yeah. <laughs> I got about halfway through the movie, and I'm like, this is taking too long. So I turned it up to um, 1.5 speed because I was watching it on YouTube. And I forgot that I had it on 1.5 speed. And so when he shot everybody, it happened so fast. And then he starts screaming, and it sounded like a helium balloon. And I was like, "This is exactly how this movie needs 
to end after this nightmare because he's just, I'm like I don't care about any of you people because you all suck the kid's annoying like the dad's, oh, yeah. the, the dad's an idiot I'm like hey, you all deserve everything that's coming to you <laughs> the hate that he lived people with one bullet like I mean I'm sorry that was a 38 the exit wound is an entry wound just saying not to be all gun talk but you can kill two people with one gun you I, know I was in that close of proximity yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, you just wanted to kill your kid this whole time. Admit it. Like, yeah, and that was lady the that you, You've been wanting to shoot this little brat, and that's okay. But like, let's be honest about it. <laughs> I would you, say the funniest thing about this movie is that I had the volume up too loud, and so when the tornado sirens started happening at the beginning of it, I live in Tornado Alley. I am in the Midwest, and my neighbor started texting me going. Oh, do you hear that? I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's Stephen King. It's not an actual tornado happening. I like made my neighbors so scared. I'm like, I'm so sorry. My bad, <laughs> like, y'all. It's like my bad. So the mist is done and dusted. Now, number one in my books, anyway, the classic misery. Kathy Bates' finest R. <laughs> I mean, isn't every hour for Kathy Bates her finest hour? I feel like that mm-hmm. woman be playing the shit out of them roles. She is getting that check. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Every time. Every time. <laughs> Even in the Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, rent is due and I am doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't care what it is. It's a Merge Mansion commercial. She's going to do it. Yep. And she mm-hmm. sells it. That's right. Yep. She did every do time. that. Yeah. 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 So it goes oh. Merge Mansion. Misery, or if she got her Oscar. <laughs> this this guy did not have enough finesse. I'm like, honestly, Kathy Bates was a little bit hot mm-hmm. in this movie, just a little bit. He could have finessed her a little bit more. He really could not play along to save his own life. And that's his own. Also, that's because he's second... a man, so he doesn't really like have that idea. Like women in those situations, be like, "I'm just gonna do what honey pot my way out of this if I have to," and he's honey. like, "I'm not doing that." <laughs> like, honey pot yeah. my way out of this. <laughs> the second self insert I think Stephen King has made this week because David Davison is that his name? I think it's his name from The Mist. Yeah, I have no idea. Is an artist. Mm-hmm. This guy is a writer. Yeah. Stephen Bud, you okay? You doing all right? I get the whole idea of like the well, especially now where we live, where there's like in this day and age when the internet's around and you've got fan fiction and all mm-hmm. that stuff and like standum and like everything. Like mm-hmm. I feel like it plays really well now, even though it's a really old movie and like book, but the idea of like someone being that fucking obsessed, like you see it now, and it's like not to get on Taylor Swift or Swifties, like you, y'all do you, but some of them are just insane. Like they're just looking for Easter eggs, trying to figure out where she's at, who's dead. Like that, that, that's very real now. Like people pay so much attention to those types of things. She's here bringing more people to Kansas City that we don't want. Get her, she's she now dating one of our football players. I'm like, yeah, she came here and my drive home from work, I was like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> it was a nightmare. That that was the day of my car accident was because people weren't paying attention because of Taylor Swift. Yeah, so it's with me in that way where it's like, yeah, there's that point where like people become just 
obsessed. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've been obsessed about things that I do scam people, but like I'm not I'm not kidnapping some poor writer, like you know. Yeah. And people are so because I want a different ending. Addicted to IPs now. I mean, look at the success of the fucking Harry Potter franchise. If you need anything for that, but them changing things in the like the creator changing things about characters and approving it, and the fans fucking hating him mm-hmm. and them for it. It's like you see that now. That's what's happened with the Percy Jackson series that they're making over at Disney. They changed one of the characters' race again. Yeah, it's a lot positive, sure, but mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of the fans, uh, toxic fans, are like, "That's not my character." Mm-hmm. That's a nice, but it does drop, happen. Sorry. Yeah, definitely, we see that a lot. Or it's like people want things to be the way they want them, and it's like you think about it in terms of like Marvel too, when they were like trying to give like Captain Marvel like her own movie, and like people mm-hmm. men mostly men were just trying to find a reason to hate it simply for the fact that it was a not a whole Avengers movie, just the lady, you know, but people hold so hard and fast to the characters they love, and I get that, because like, as a kid who grew up using reading as an escapism, like, sometimes it's just, that's what it is, but it's like writers write what they can write, you can't go force a different ending out of them, you already read the ending, you know, so what is a different one going to really do you write it yourself like why are you in here breaking this man's ankles like go write the ending yourself you could be the dawn of fan fiction fix it on your own this is a this is a thing <laughs> i don't know i just feel like yeah it's very much he just this you let this woman just do this like i feel like you could have found something to do to get yourself out of this situation right he could have waited until he could fucking walked properly so that she didn't break his ankle mm-hmm. yeah fair enough that that scene was just like she's not gonna she's oh she's gonna okay <laughs> so this it's is done. a whole nother the deed is done <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right that's a red you can't be that obsessed with these characters are the books that good or is this woman just that that's sad and lonely. <laughs> I don't even think King has fans that are this obsessed. I mean, no, but like his stuff is all the, like, I mean, people do love him. There are people who love him, but I don't think he, I think he thinks highly of himself and like maybe he thinks he is that guy, but like, no. <laughs> I've read thought. some of your stuff and honestly, it's people. Maybe, that's what I'm saying. He, he sees that guy, but I don't mm. think that's the case. I think people read your stuff just because like, they know what to expect from it in a certain way when you're going into a Stephen King novel, but because I think it's a lot like what he did with the um, main character in like it, where he became a writer and everyone was like talking about about how all of his endings are. Because that's the biggest complaint that everyone has about Stephen King is that they hate the endings of his books, and I think this is part of his like pushing back against that of like it's my endings I'm going to do what I want because that was the exact same thing that they did with I can never Bill was it Bill the older brother in it I can't remember they have just Bill, to be kids. Is it? I think so I think so yeah 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 so he because he in the second part he becomes an author and they're like changing the ending of his stuff and he doesn't like it and that's you know King just like self-inserting I guess very the end of the Dark Tower series where he mm-hmm. just writes in like that pretentious ass like you want a different ending sometimes it's not like i'm just like fuck you bro like (laughs) this is so stupid why like 
Uh, I don't know. It must, but... it must be frustrating as well to be like that well thought of as an artist, but to have everyone come up and say, well, mm. I hate your fucking endings every time. It's like you would give up over a certain amount of time instead of continuing yeah, to but write it's these like massive the taboo, books. It's like the taboo of don't reply to bad reviews. Mm-hmm. Don't write an entire book series and then make the end calling out all the people begging you for different endings. <laughs> and then make an entire other book, I guess, about people not liking the ending or whatever. So I guess that's par for the course. Just whatever. Or maybe just change it's how okay you movie. write your endings. <laughs> Yeah. Um, King's getting it in the next day. Accept criticism. Yeah, I, I, commentary <laughs> on the like entitlement that people have when they're interacting yeah. with writers in particular. One thing about being a writer is everybody under the sun thinks they could do it better, thinks it's easy, think you could do it in your sleep, thinks it's not mm-hmm. a real skill, that kind of stuff. So that I liked, like as a writer, like I feel that everybody thinks, yeah. well, I would have ended the poem like this or the story like this, you know, that kind of thing. So that no, felt louder for the people in the back, please. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, just but at the same time, I thought the main character combating this with his own entitlement and arrogance was a good play on the construct but kind of frustrating too so because mm-hmm. that final scene when the woman comes up to him in the restaurant and says i'm your biggest fan he doesn't flinch like he takes it on the chin like oh yes yes you are i deserve this it's not like he has learned anything from this journey right yeah. I think it's just funny to me too because it's like yeah he's super full of himself and I mean like there are those writers out there but like all the writers I know are just like when someone's like yeah this is amazing we're just like okay <laughs> you're right like <laughs> thanks you I guess like... see, you can at us you know that don't you <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's all of us but like for sure or like when I finish a painting and everyone's like got questions and it's like this is so amazing I'm like I literally fucking hate this like what are you talking about <laughs> I don't like it at all <laughs> but thank you I'm gonna do something different since it's the last week and since L and Steph aren't here to stop me which has been your favorite character this week from any of the films it can be bad guy good guy whatever it's gonna have to be Kathy Bates' character for me. I mean, yeah. duck That's to it, I mean. solid beginning to end, psychopathic, crazy fan. Mm-hmm. Never know what she's gonna do. Actually terrifying, a real physical threat. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's gonna be it's gonna be her for me. I would say the same after all of the movies that I've watched. I mean, my next one, like, after that would probably be just, like, Justin Long, because, like, I've always liked him in horror movies. I know he always plays, like, the the piece of shit guy, but, like, he's good at it, so. Yeah, Yeah, he he is. I, like, I don't, again, I was half paying attention to The Mist. I was in the middle of a Tetris tournament on my Switch, Um, and so I don't remember anybody's names, but is it Ollie, the, um... Ollie, yeah. Ollie's my favorite as well. Ollie, I'm telling you what, he is Dobby the house elf, he's the dream lord in Doctor Who, among other things, he's in a lot of things, but Mm. his performance in this was surprising, like he was 
that is exactly what I pictured that character to be like from reading the book. A lot and, of Walking Dead people in that, like actual people from The Walking Dead in that movie. Yeah. I was in the rush, I was like, oh, I know you. <laughs> I know you too. Yeah, it, all, but all it oh is my God. The Walking Dead. I almost <laughs> forgot. Norm, the the kid, the bag boy that gets killed in the mist, it's the fucking Shermanator from American Pie. He deserved it. He yeah. Did. You <laughs> he know what? Jim deserved it as well, the guy that survives at the end. You know, the praise Jesus boy. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. This is the end of (laughs) 31 Days of Horror. And we ended with Kathy Bates, which I think is very fitting. You can find this podcast on the interwebs at ghostinthemagazine.site. You can follow us on Twitter at GITM Podcast. You can find me at J. Rowardy Poet. You can find me at Hedda underscore. Um, you can find me at Sadie B. And you can find me at Maybe Mockingbird. It's M-A-Y-B Mockingbird. And I'm Mola. You can find me at Nighttime Tea on Twitter. Okay, bye.